Hey, welcome back to the NFS Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is, what episode is this, Daryl? 272. Where even are we, Daryl? Who are you? Why don't you have a home, Daryl? <laughs> I don't know. Spoilers! Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, this week we are talking WandaVision, Season 1, Episode 3. The Expanse, Season 5, Episode 8, which makes me sad because it means we only have that two episodes really left. Um, yeah. And then we have News Bites on Dunkin' Egg. Dunk and Egg, not Duncan. Last name Egg. Duncan Egg. Get with it. Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad News, Morbius News, Black Widow News. Does that about cover it? Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs> no, actually... Uh, before we start, make sure you um, like and subscribe on YouTube. Go do that. Like while you're listening, go go search Infos Podcast or go to the Infos Podcast. Just go to InfosPodcast.com and click on our YouTube link. And we'll uh, wait. Like and subscribe because we're gonna start doing more exclusive stuff to YouTube on top of our exclusive Wandavision commentaries that we're doing on Patreon. That for as low as two dollars a month, you can have all eight. So you could go do two dollars right now. Get all eight of the episodes for four bucks. Just saying, you don't have to. You don't have to go for. You don't. You know, we're not a, a streaming service that you can sign up and forget about. You can sign up for two months and then be like, "Hey, well, wait till the next exclusive thing comes out that I like, and I'll support the guys again." What commercial was that when it was four bucks? Four bucks? Four bucks? Oh, I don't even remember. But while we're talking about four bucks, thanks to Matt and Julian for backing us on Patreon. You two are doing God's works. Because we are polytheist, like Battlestar Galactica at this joint. Not we, they. Well, you, you're, you're. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, anti-theist. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, Daryl, how's it going? Not bad. It's a, another wonderful Friday in the Northern Kentucky area. About thirty degrees today. Yeah, so that would be, it was. It's pretty nice out though. It was, sun was shining, so can't complain about that. Yeah, I, I gotta say, um, the Nerd Den Studio is a little lonely this week because you're 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 back in the uh, the cat town, and you know, yeah, didn't drive up this week. Slacker. Yeah, I, I'll probably be expecting a knock on the a proverbial knock or cat scratch on the door because yeah, yeah well, yeah. It'll, it'll happen. It's a cat. That's what they do. Yeah. They're like, but hey, I am surrounded. Up? I'm a cat. Pay attention to me. Yeah. But it's it's so much. It's to kind of get to where you are in your office. I'm surrounded by all my pops, and you know, I have some Star Wars figures up on the wall. So yeah, we both I'm got still... uh, new figures today. Yeah, Dark Ray and Moff Gideon. Yeah, I only got the Dark Ray. I have not. I didn't pre-order any of the Moff Gideon and the um, the Armorer. And I forget what the other two were in that wave, but I think that was the only one I did. Moff Gideon. Yeah, because I mean, I we both got the the exclusive armorer, so yeah, yeah, I didn't, didn't get the didn't the regular. seem like I needed to really do that one. Nah, but so you know, you know how it is. Yep. But uh, but yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um. All right, let's get let's get to it. The first news: Dunk and egg. Dunk and egg. Dunk and egg. 
Um, so it is a Game of Thrones pre- prequel uh, that is in early development with the uh, Hobo Max. I'm going to call it Hobo Max from now on <laughs> instead of Max. HBO Max because it's Duplus and, you know, Netflix and, and Hulu, but I'm going to call it Hobo Max um, just because. All right. Um, so this was uh, one of the, the books, um, The tr- Three Tales of Dunk and Egg, um, that George Germ, as the, uh, the guys from um, Bold Move call him, Germ. Um, George R. R. Martin uh, wrote to go along with his uh, Song of Ice and Fire story, uh, and it took place 90 years prior to the events of a Song of Nice and Night and <laughs> Words are hard; they're very, very hard, Daryl. Um, <laughs> so it was 90 it's only years. Five, what five minutes in? Uh, five minutes and ten <laughs> seconds in, and I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it followed um, Sir Duncan the Tall, Dunk. And young Aegon Targaryen, Aegon the Fifth of his name Targaryen, Egg, who we all know as the Grand Meister of the Black, um, whatever there are the the Night's Watch, um, yeah. So, but it um, the series included the Hedge Knight, um, the Sworn Sword, and the Mystery Knight, and they were three novellas that were then collected into one book in 2015. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I finished that book or not. So it was really good. I really liked it. If you like it, they actually did comic versions, comic book adaptations of all of these. And the Hedge Knight one is really, really good. Um, I think it was Dark Horse who put them out. I'm almost 100% sure it was Dark Horse who put them out. So it's well worth checking out. Yeah, I know the, the copy that I got, even though it was digital, it had like illustrations throughout the book. So seeing an actual full-on you know, comic graphic novel version of that would be, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it was it was really really neat to to see that. But one of the things that you know, it's again, what, what was the Naomi Watts's? So we don't know if it's going to actually go to production in no. the sense of filming, but who knows uh, with this stuff? We just know this is one of the many Game of Thrones things they are throwing against the wall <laughs> to figure right. out if it works. I mean, really, if they would just put all their efforts and, you know, and we'll talk about this very soon, is that Germ has yet <laughs> to put out his latest book. And I'm honestly, talk about losing interest in stuff. I've almost completely lost interest in reading Game of Thrones. So it's and funny. It has nothing. Yeah, I, I'm, it, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with the series and how the series ended or anything like that. It's just straight up. It's been how how long? Eight years now? Nine yeah. years? I don't even know. So um, so I got I was texting with a friend and he mentioned something about the Targaryen sigil, and I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> now it, it didn't help that he spelled Targaryen wrong and threw me off, but like even like it's just Game of Thrones has gone so far out of like the lexicon and like the 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 geekness of it all that. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay. I, I completely forgot about this was a yeah. thing that I loved for seven or eight, nine years, however long it was on. Yeah. And uh Patrick Rothfuss, he's another fantasy author. He's done the same thing. He you know, he has a book that's I don't it was like his last sequel well, in the main series of his books, mm-hmm. uh it it's been like seven or eight years. And then you have guys like Brandon Sanderson who who turns out a 
like one or two books a year and it's like okay yeah. So. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna hitch my my wagon to the Brandon Sanderson train because yeah. he's always putting shit out, yes. good shit too. So some, some people are really good writers, and some people yeah. are George R. R. Martin. Yeah, just so. gonna throw that one right right out there. Not even worry Speaking about of it. throwing at the wall. Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, he let the he let um, the double D's do his dirty work and uh, finish the the story. Um, in a way that was perceived badly. Um, and, you know, he doesn't have to do it now. He'd be like, oh, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do, but they ruined what I wanted to do, so I'm just never going to write the last two books. Yeah. So, yeah, I... he's a punk. Um, and, yeah, speaking of punks, um, John Cena is in Suicide Squad. Can you see? Uh, see, that's the thing. Like, I, they keep saying he's in it, but I, I haven't seen him in a trailer yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, <laughs> I love John Cena. I'm not. I'm just kidding around. Um, so no, uh, James Gunn came out and promised quote unquote cool stuff coming related to the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad or the Ohio State University. Um, it's the Ohio State University. Um, no, it's the Ohio State <laughs> eyes. Um, <laughs> or luck. Redacted. You can use F or, or L. Either one works. Uh, but no, he, he came out and he said um, that the lack of content has been addressed by um, James Gunn in a recent tweet. He said there's a hair's breadth of being completely finished with the Suicide Squad. Um, which is good news. And he added in a follow-up to another question on Twitter that the, the last, um, at last a teaser is coming soon along with a bunch of unspecified, but quote unquote, again, cool stuff. Um, I love James Gunn. So I've got a ton of just goodwill towards him and I'm going to trust he's going to do something cool and not really get too, uh, not get too hyped, you know, or get too down one way or the other right. about what what's happening here. Well, the the positive about something like the Suicide Squad is that there hasn't been a promise of it being out for a year or something like that. So we know this is still you know going on. The filming is still going on. So we didn't get that kind of like that rush of oh this trailer we've had two trailers for it we can't wait for it and then it gets you know pushed back six months eight months twelve months. And again, to your point, you know, I like James Gunn. Gunn is a filmmaker. You know, Guardians 2 was a little bit iffy for me, but overall, I, you know, I just like his work. So, the, and the Suicide Squad, I think, is perfect for his type of storytelling. You know, that kind of off-kilter storytelling, yeah. you know, not following, you know, kind of like that, you know, the usual path of most films. Well, like Slither. You know, they're just weird characters. Slither was a really weird movie. Yeah. Super. I don't know if you ever saw Super. That was a really weird movie. Yeah. Um, so that was a... With, with Dwight yeah. Schrute and um, Ellen, wait, Elliot, <laughs> whatever, the, the person who plays Vanya, <laughs> the person who ruined Kitty yeah. Pride. How about that one? Um. But yeah, so in another tweet, someone says, trailer wins, sir, sir, we are starving. And he responded, I know, I know you want the trailer or the teaser or more news or who the baddie is. In parentheticals, they all are the baddies. But also, in parentheticals, 
Uh, anyway, it will all be with you in due time. I'm working on cool stuff for you, but please be patient. So um, to echo old Jimmy's words there, let's be patient. Um, we know that the movie's coming out. We know that there's a Hobo Max series um, about Peacemaker starring John Cena. And, uh, you know, I, I think we should just all be excited about the fact that we have a cool make, a cool filmmaker finally in the DC EU who will hopefully be left alone. Let's hope. All right. Um, speaking of being left alone, let's hope. <laughs> uh, Morbius <laughs> is being pushed back because the uh, the James Bond movie got pushed back. So you know. <sighs> That 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 side just sums up everything I have, and every my emotions toward you know the movie going industry now, which again I know they're going through a tough time in the sense of you know certain states and you know opening movie theaters and all this stuff, yeah. yeah. But there's come there comes a point where you're just gonna have to say we're gonna have to release some of these because. Again, I was excited for Morbius, you know, not as excited as something, say, Black Widow, but my interest in more, it's, it's gone right now. Now, that doesn't mean it won't pick back up, but it's not going to be the same as, because, what, it's 2022 now? Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be released in 2022. See, I never and, had a you know, ton of, like, oh, I can't wait to see Morbius. <laughs> like, I thought the trailer was okay. Um, One, I think it's really weird that they're doing any of this stuff without having a Spider-Man in their larger universe um and two i don't like jared leto (laughs) well that and that will definitely color how you feel about morbius because it's jared leto (laughs) which again i like him i don't i don't think he's like the greatest but i do i do enjoy his work for the most part so and i like the trailer again the trailer wasn't like it didn't get me hyped like black widow's trailer did because again there's no scar in it right and yet it's just again these movies like even the james bond movie and no time to die the first trailer for that was pretty good and right now i'm just you know i'm just people can't see me because i'm not on video i'm just shrugging right now it's just Mm -hmm. eh, whatever whatever yeah and like um yeah no time to die just like I don't know, I thought the trailer was okay. Everybody was like, "This is great! This is the greatest James Bond." Yeah, it was. ever was James Bond, girl James Bond. And I was like, you know what? I stopped really caring about James Bond, um, at the end of Skyfall. Like I felt like mm-hmm. Skyfall literally could have been like, "All right, that's a wrap on the franchise." It no, we don't. We don't need to do anymore. Yeah. We got a cool Adele song out yeah, of oh. it. We got an actual cool story. Um, and then they came back with um, Spectre, right? That was the next one. Yeah. And that might have been the worst James Bond movie of all time. The best? Ooh, yeah. I, I'm not going to go that far. Not, Ooh, not it's even nearly bad. that far. Like, but wait, I will, the only character I liked was but I will say, and he didn't even talk. So. I was gonna, I was gonna say, and again, that was perfect because he didn't need to. But that was, I was gonna say that the best scene of that movie was that fight on the train, and then like after that, it's before and after that, it's just like, eh. right. So again, and then you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife is is bumped back to mid to late twenty twenty one. I don't know when that was supposed to be that released. Movie, but... That movie's done. It's in the can. It's done. Right. Just put it out. 
just right. You know, here here's the thing. Put Ghostbusters Rebirth or whatever the frack it's called out for twenty two dollars and let me buy it. Right. And I'll you know what I'll do? I'll yeah. buy it today and I'll watch it. Because it's got the galactic treasure that is Paul Rudd in it, and it's got Finn Wolfhard, who is the <laughs> best thing in in coming out of Stranger Things. Okay, yeah, and uh, I gotta say, that sounds like a porn name. Oh, it absolutely, it absolutely sounds like a porn name. <laughs> so, and good on him for that, right? Good on him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. To your point, let's not do the twenty-four buck rental thing. They're they're still doing that with some of these early release movies, and it's yeah. There's there's a um a movie why that came out. It's called like a promising woman or something like that. Um, where this lady like goes out and pretends like she's drunk, and then the nice guy takes her home, and then she murders them. It seems like a totally cool movie and something I would totally watch. Um. But you have to rent it for twenty bucks. And I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> Is the, that the uh, one with Vanessa Kirby? Uh, no, it's um, I don't know her name. It was I, I didn't recognize who she was or anything that she'd been in. Okay, give me two seconds and I'll look it up. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, it was. It's like, are you kidding? Like, this is like, uh, it's called a promising young. It's called promising young woman, and it stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Allison Brie. Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, and Connie Britton. So Mrs. Coach is in there. So hell yeah, dude. Um, and it's directed by uh, Emerald Fennell, who is um, the lady she was behind, I think, Killing Eve is the show. Mm-hmm. But and apparently Margot Robbie is a producer on it. So, you know, honestly, Margot Robbie is going, when it, her career is said and done, the stuff that she's produced and behind the scenes stuff is going to dwarf what she's done on screen. And she's a good actress. I'm, I'm, I don't complain about Margot Robbie at all. Um, but the stuff she's produced has typically been pretty cool. Just saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and again, kind of to your point of that, there's, you know, I am a huge fan of disaster porn and Greenland <laughs> is out with, you know, Gerard Butler and Monica Baccarin or Marina Baccarin. Yeah. And, I really want to see that movie, but it's you're again, it's a twenty buck rental and I'm not renting a movie for twenty bucks. I think Geostorm might still be on HBO. <laughs> I'm just saying if you want to watch Gerard Butler torture or uh environment porn, like right there. So Yeah. Actually if you want to watch a really yeah. good Gerard Butler movie, Law Abiding Citizen. With him oh, and yeah. with him I and Jamie Foxx. See that one. That is that is by far yeah. and away my favorite really Gerard good. Butler movie, even more than Three Hundred. Yeah, see, Three Hundred's mine, but goes, I have I actually have Law Abiding Citizen on Blu-ray. Yeah, I have it. I bought it um, on digital, but yeah, it goes Law Abiding Citizen, Three Hundred, Rain of Fire. Oh, Rain of Fire! So, so underrated. I love that movie. Yes, highly underrated. Um, all right, so our last. You, bit, oh, sorry. I was about to say, have you gotten to the part in Green Green Lights when McConaughey talks about that? Movie? I haven't started the book yet. I told oh. you I got to finish the I got to finish Leviathan Wakes. I've got oh yeah, you got to finish Leviathan Wakes. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
right. you, you know, you'd think I'd just stop listening to the book I've already listened to and go and listen to something new, but <laughs> no, I'm not. I can't do that. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, so, Black Widow. It's 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 saying so. I've seen conflicting reports saying it has moved and saying it may be moved. Um, right. They're going to run into trouble if they keep pushing this back because they're going to end up having to push back Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, you know, the rumor is um, Florence Pugh is going to take over as Black Widow in the absence of her sister, Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But will anyone yeah. love her enough to throw her off a cliff? <laughs> you didn't think I had any more in me, did you? You didn't think I could bring it there, but I did. <laughs> this is fine. I'm I'm looking at my little, <laughs> little little dog on the seat pop. Like this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. The, the kid gets more mad at me than you do. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I no. It's it's to the point where I'm just worn down by it. I'm just like I have like I have no fight left in me. <laughs> it's our it's our game. It's just fun to do yeah you know i mean if i if, if i had anything that i cared about like you care about scar joe black widow you would make fun of me for it too yeah why do, i'm surprised you don't have like a lego of that and then put it on your christmas tree next year <laughs> oh the 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 black widow uh lego figure the minifig yeah and just knock her down her hanging so well i tried to buy the christmas ornament <laughs> and and the hanger <laughs> like have her hanging and um but no you know what i do have both uh hawkeye and black widow um i could probably do that actually what i should do is when we go to um kokomo try and get a ronin and black widow loose black series figure and kind of make that happen as a little scene <laughs> oh man <laughs> I don't even have to go with the you're a monster. You know that. Oh, I you're know. you're comfortable with that. Okay. Hey, you gotta love who you are. You lean into that. You gotta love who you are, man. <laughs> if if you if you don't love who you are, you can't you can't be a monster. Anyway, um, or the monster takes over. Think about that. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to get really worried, the monster might take over someday, and then that's that's just not good for anybody. Um, so no, it, it's it's May seventh is what they're saying. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think there's no time to die thing. It's just really messing with things. And these studios need to stop caring because I tell you what, if I had the choice of going to see black widow or no time to die, I'm going to see black widow hands down. I would probably see black widow at least twice before I even bothered to go see no time to die. I was just about to say that. I'd go see that twice before I'd go see No Time to Die. So in looking at the kind of the Marvel release dates here, like the key release dates in, in the Screen Rant article on our show, show notes, um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is July 9th, 2021. Um, again, I would go see that before the James Bond movie. Eternals is November 5th, 2021. I'd probably go see James Bond before I see the Eternals because I don't give a shit about that movie. Um, and then... Spider-Man Homecoming 3. I, I don't think it's going to be called Homecoming 3 because um, <laughs> the second one wasn't called Homecoming 2. Uh, get with it, Screen <laughs> Rant, is December 17th. So, you know, yeah. 
And I, I don't think there's any movie that I'd go see before a Spider-Man movie. Just saying. No. No matter how bad they are. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Dancing Spider-Man. <laughs> Whiny Tony McGuire. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, I'd still go see those before no time for James Bond in my life. Yeah. It, it, like you but. said, they're going to have to start making these decisions and just sticking with things and yeah. not trying to push stuff back. Because again, and, and this you said this, we talked about this months ago when there's going to be a time because movies are still being made. Mm-hmm. And are you just going to continually push back and push back and push back movies? I mean, for example, you know, we saw it wasn't because of, you know, Modelo, but <laughs> New Mutants got pushed back, what, three years, At two least. years? Like multiple times. It got and, pushed back multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at Maisie and that versus what she looks like now is like so jarring because you're like, okay, she doesn't look, she looks like she's, well, she was, she looks, she looked more than two years older, but. Yeah. I mean, she looked like they're going to have to make decisions. Little baby Arya Stark. Um, but no, the yeah, other thing too is like, what about all these actors who had like other things in the pipe? Like they're like, okay, I'm going to do this movie right. and then I'm going to do this movie. Then I'm going to do this indie movie. Then I'm going to do this series. Like, like they're going to just mess up everything. And you know, I, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I just think it's really stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, um, so after yeah. homecoming, I, it's, it's- oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's just frustrating to yes. continually see this. Yeah, because after Homecoming 3, um, which, again, that's the working title, um, maybe it should be called Spider-Man No Home to go with the WandaVision stuff today. Um, but no, so then Doctor <laughs> Strange and the multi mu- Multitude of Madness um, <laughs> is March 25th, 2022. Um, Thor Love and Sparkles is may 6th 2022 um black panther 2 right now says july 8th 2022 but like i'm 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 guessing that's going to be pushed back um just because they haven't even started filming that one yet and they don't even know what they're going to do and then um captain marvel 2 is november 11th 2022 so (laughs) i i felt the disgust when you said that I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it just you know, like okay. So I took my kid to see it, my daughter to see it, and she's like typically mm-hmm. like you know yeah she likes to see like girl heroes and everything, but like she also just likes good stuff, right? She only likes stuff if it's good, right? Um, like right now she's busting through Batman the animated series on Hobo Max, um, but like we came out of Captain Marvel too. I'm like, what'd you think? She's like, I love the cat. Well, what'd you think of Captain Marvel? I like the cat. <laughs> The cat was cool. <laughs> Go- Goose is my favorite character in the movie. Wow. Wow. That is hilarious. Wow. That is just a damning indictment of how badly that movie was written and how cardboard yeah. Brie Larson is. And it's a shame, too, because Brie Larson and Scott yeah. Pilgrim like exudes charisma. Oh, I loved and, her in and that. And as yeah. cool as, as yes. Ivy. Um, you know, Brie Larson in 21 Jump Street is hilarious with Jonah Hill and it makes me wonder do they need to get her good co-stars to to raise her up because like Brandon Routh brought her up in every scene Michael Sarah brought her up in every scene um you know I, I I don't I don't know like 
Did you watch Room? No. The one she won an Oscar for? No, I, I, did, I never did. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, Marvel needs to – Marvel. Let, let me rephrase this. Disney needs to get their shit together and, and start pushing some of this stuff out. Yeah, and, and by the way, Disney, no more premium launches. They're doing it again with Raya and the Last Dragon, which I actually am interested in seeing, but I'm not going to drop 30 bones for that. I'll just wait two months and when it becomes free on D+. Yeah, you're dropping – There's no need for you're that. You're really dropping like 37 for it because you are – Yeah. You know, you're – monthly subscription fee so anyway yes all right so moving on from from this um let's get let's get live and in technicolor what live uh we got wandavision so just like last week we're just gonna do a non-spoilery um what's it called uh (laughs) um review of the uh of the show without really going uh too deep into it because we are going to do our commentary this week um so back 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 us back us on patreon to get access to those but so yeah so we're in the 70s with this one and my favorite thing about Uh, this episode uh, was it was the brady bunch house just backwards yeah (laughs) It took me a minute to figure uh, because I kept wondering why does this look so familiar? Because we had a view of the house from the kitchen, like from from the side door that takes you out to the backyard instead of the front door, Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. I loved it. I love. I I just. I like. I love the Brady Bunch. So seeing that was great. I love the opening credits (laughs) this week. (laughs) They were the best ones yet. (laughs) Yeah, and. Again, I know this isn't for everyone. I, I love the creativity they're using here. And the I think I said it last week when it, it kind of reminded it reminds me in a way of Cobra Kai and how they bring on the nostalgia of something that came before it. Right. But also inter, interweave their own story. It's not just leaning on nostalgia to say, hey, mm-hmm. oh, that was cool. And then forget about it, because this has you know, this also has that mystery of what the hell is going on. Right. And one of the things you said when we were off, you know, before we started recording is it was kind of dark yes. and it was. And and the first thing I noticed like watching through it is there were more serious moments in this one than there were in the first two episodes, probably in the first two combined. Mm-hmm. And that shows me and how we're getting more of the mystery slowly, you know, kind of like Shrek and being an onion. <laughs> you know, slowly peeled away for us to see and figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right that we're getting more and more of that. And I don't know. I like it. I like, uh, I like the show. I had a couple people be like, um, I can't believe you liked WandaVision. And I was like, it's fun. It was, it's different. It's the most creative thing that Disney Marvel has done yet. Um, Oh, absolutely. And, you know, like, I mean, let's be honest. There's been more, much more Marvel from Disney than there was Marvel from just Marvel on its own um, at this point. And, and this is like, I, I put this creatively up there with, with Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I This is a show that 
I know I will be going back and revisiting. Well, you have you know, to after, because there's you know, so the many Easter yeah. eggs. <laughs> yeah, and so. yeah, and and again, even after a couple of viewings, especially like last week, there was stuff that you know you mentioned that I was like, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, insane. Or I, mean, I didn't hear yeah, that. It was the same thing. Same thing for me with you. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, at the end of episode two, which they got titles by the way, like yesterday. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, that made me mad. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, do I go back and update the the show notes? No, screw it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so this week it kicks off where, you know, she's pregnant and it's the 70s and the doctor is there checking on her. Um, Envision is freaking out <laughs> because of how fast everything's going. Yeah. And again, I I love the chemistry between those two. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I liked it when they were just Wanda and Vision, mm-hmm. and he was less emotional. Like, because I, I, th- I always think about in Civil War when she, when he comes through her uh, wall, and he's like, the door was open, so I just assumed that. <laughs> no, it is. We talked about this. Yeah. So, seeing him from him uh, paul bettany because i like paul bettany too Same. yeah I'm a, I'm a fan of paul bettany first time i ever saw him at, i'm pretty sure it was uh knight's tale walking Same. down the street as chaucer naked yep. walking down the road because he lost his he, clothes he wasn't walking he was trudging oh the yes. action word sorry he was trudge true trudge that's another movie yeah anyway um no you're right in in the best thing about paul bettany in this this episode in particular is the facial expressions he gets to make in and out of the vision makeup. Yes. Th- those were clear, like those were clear and present this week. So. And yes, yeah, just seeing him be able to emote more is, has been a treat. Yep. And, you know, this whole, well, I said this whole series, there's three <laughs> episodes. <laughs> and if you're listening to this on YouTube or you went to the website to watch it, I did grab my favorite Paul Bettany reaction and put it in the thumbnail. Um, so <laughs> there's that, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was really great. I like Dr. Nelson <laughs> cause he's like, Oh, you'll be fine. I'm going to Bermuda. I'm done, you know, for however long and visions doing the math and reading all the pregnancy books. And he's like, yeah, you should be having the baby by next Friday and nothing ever goes to plan for these two. No. So no, and, and, and again, it leans on some of that, you know, the humor from those shows in this, you know, those sitcoms in the seventies. But like we mentioned, there's more of those layers of mystery mm-hmm. with some of the other characters being involved in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't get much from Agnes, uh, Catherine Hans, Agnes, yeah. but we get a little bit more where it makes your ears perk up and say, okay, mm. what's going on. And that's, it's tough to talk about this is one of those shows it's it's kind of hard to talk about you know non-spoilery stuff mm-hmm. but also it kind of goes it falls in line with we still don't know what's going on yeah and you had sherbert next door like doing the 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 um the gardening <laughs> i'm always gonna call him sherbert <laughs> oh, <laughs> i know Sherby. you're talking about yeah so herbert the next door neighbor um we got a lot of geraldine this time out um, yes, which was was really good, played by the uh, wonderful Tahona Paris, uh, or Te- did I say that right? Tayona, Tayona, yeah, I believe um, she she was really good. Like I really liked her in this episode, and she she uh, 
she has a great moment that leads to kind of the reveal we've been waiting for. Um, yes. And and then something kind of strange happens, which again is is they, they, this this episode moved everything forward so much so quickly um, that I can't wait to see what happens in the eighties next week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, and again, it's it's you know once when the Mandalorian, you know, every Friday I was looking forward to the Mandalorian, and now you know I wasn't sure about this out this show, but now you know two weeks in, it has me looking forward to Fridays again. Yeah, also, so this is what Deplus needed to do, right? They need to have that show. They need to have every Friday that show that has people hooked. Um, yeah. Now, I will say, I'm not waking up at 3 a.m. to watch this, just to avoid spoilers. <laughs> um, but, you know, the fact that I'm off Twitter now, I don't have to worry about being spoiled for things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and it's, it's just one of those things where um, I, I don't think spoilers for this show are necessarily a bad thing. Because there's so much going on, and it's it's so steeped in um, the comic lore for the characters that I think that's pretty great. And then uh, the commercial this week was a straight up Hydra commercial for Hydra Soak. <laughs> Hydra Soak. Soak. Thank I you. Need... Hydra Soak. <laughs> um, unleash the goddess within. Um, and you know what I noticed today is that it's been the same two actors in all three commercials. Really? Yeah. I, that's pretty funny. So, good job um, on uh, what's her name, Jax Schaefer, who is the showrunner of the show. Um, so this one was just like last week, written by, or sorry, this one was oh, oh wrong, wrong show. Uh, this was directed again by Matt Shakeman, who is one of the executive producers. He's directed all three episodes so far, and it was written by Megan McDonald. So. You know, um, yeah, it's 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 really, I, I really like what they're doing. I, I like I like where the show is going. I like, uh, I, I I really liked how yellow the house was. <laughs> um, that was something that we I was kind of curious as to what color the house was going to be, and it's like mm -hmm. that vision cape yellow from the comic. Yeah, um, I thought that was pretty cool. And then um, my other favorite part. Of, like actually vision was probably my favorite part of this episode of all the cool things that happened. I loved when he was like, Oh, I'll run. And he runs and gets the doctor and he, um, <laughs> he, he picks him up and then runs back with him. And the doctor's like, it felt like we were flying. It's like, you probably <laughs> were. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think what you said earlier, the big, the part of this that was very important is how it moved the story forward. Yep. Because again, it could have been caught in that slope of nostalgia and not move the story as fast, as quickly as, as it needs to be moved. But instead it didn't do that. It, it knew on that third episode, it knew, Hey, we have eight episodes or was it eight or nine? I can't, I don't recall. I think it's eight. I, I, I thought I saw eight on the, the like little Wikipedia uh, or, um, episode list of the tbd pd tbd tbd okay um so I, it, oh yeah sorry. it knew this it knew this episode really had to move push that story forward a little bit more than mm -hmm. the first two episodes did and and it does just that right um all right so then one last thing is um geraldine just kind of a little bit of spoiler um she gets popped out of westview 
And um, so the Wikipedia summary says then shield and sword agents surround her. Um, how could you tell? <laughs> it was so I, dark and it was so fast. I didn't see any that, symbols. I didn't yeah. see any, you know, insignias. So I, we just know that um, army type people are surrounding her. Um, and and so here's my question that I'm going to leave everybody with. And um, before we get into like our little rankings for the show, um, is Geraldine like really Monica Rambeau, like they're saying, and she was somehow inserted into this alternate WandaVerse? Or did Wanda conjure her and Geraldine is not Monica Rambeau and she's just going to take that moniker? Hmm. Very interesting. So, yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't, I'm not reading ahead. I haven't watched any previews. I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, but it would be very interesting for, for them to be like, oh, you actually look like this agent who grew up and died. And we're just going to give you her name now. And here you are as part of sword or whatever. Um, I think that would be kind of a cool way to go. That's that's I I did not think about that so, part of of it. Anyway, all right. So let's do um, Maximov babies out of five. Um, what do you give this one? You know, at first I would have said a three point five, but I I'm sticking with that four. It's probably it's I would say it's uh, it's from a, a full enjoyment factor. It's my it's probably my second favorite episode. But from a overall importance factor, it's my favorite episode, or it's number one. Okay. As far as importance to the rest of the series. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a three point five on this one, um, and not because I, I didn't like it or I didn't enjoy it. I just missed the whimsy from the first two. Um, yeah. I know this show has to go dark and it's going to have to go dark sooner rather than later. But that being said, um, I, I was enjoying the, the more wholesome entertainment side of things yeah. that were the sixties and seventies. Yeah. And that's or, I'm sorry, the first time. Yeah, the first part of first time of watching it, especially like the first 10 minutes, I was missing that. I was missing that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of had to turn it on its head and, you know, under, I understood why they were doing it, but I, I do miss that kind of, you know, like you said, that whimsy from, you know, the fifties and sixties type yeah. sitcom. But this was my favorite, like opening credit, like WandaVision opening credits yet. <laughs> so I, I thought yeah. this, it was great because it was a little like Laverne and Shirley. It was a little threes company. It had just a ton of stuff in there. Yeah. So, um, all righty then. So moving on to the expanse, uh, it was Man. it was totally a two parter. Yeah, was, you said that last week, and was it written and directed by the same? It was. It was. That's where I was going with the, it before. Um, Mary Soul Adler wrote the episode last week, or I'm sorry, directed last week and this week, and Dan Nowak wrote last week and this week. Dan Nowak's written a bunch of episodes um this time around we got to see the whole family which was great yeah um yeah the yeah it's the first time in a couple episodes i believe um yeah that we visited everybody 
I'm still, you know, I'm still pining to have them together on the Rossi again. I'm just can't wait for that. I but think that's going to a... be like the last scene of episode yeah. 10 that really gives us uh, that, that yeah, bit ba- of goodness. Based on where everyone's at, that, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, this was, I, I love this episode. I thought it was great. Um, we got to see Naomi doing what Naomi does. Um, best and that's solving problems so i for that i said she she was engineering the shit out of it yes yes she <laughs> was uh one hundred and forty five thousand percent she was doing that um yeah that was great i loved uh i loved the the new secretary general um giving his speech A pastor uh yes. yeah pastor thank you i was, could not remember his name to save my life just now um that speech was great because he has no confidence in what he's doing. And he like gave this like empowered, we're going to the greatest manhunt in human history. And we're going to track down Marco Anaros and all yeah. of his associates. And it was like, yeah, you tell him, buddy, you tell him. It's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but this is what I'm going to say. I don't know which... if I know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. Damn it. And, uh, and then, uh, Admiral Delgado kind of breaking ranks with, with Christian, um, in that meeting and then Christian really standing up for like, you know, we're human. We don't just do this. Um, like if this was Dune, she would be the, the Benny Deseret Reverend mother and asking everyone in the room, are you human? Or are you an animal? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then giving them their treaties gone to bar. But, uh, yeah, it was so sorry. What, so, no, what I was going to say is one of the things about Delgado is, well, like this, like one of the things he's right about is you can't just sit around. You have to do something. You don't have to like you don't want to rush it. And that's what Pastor says. That's that's one of the things I, I actually like about this guy mm-hmm. where he where because there's a scene where he calls Delgado in and he wants to hear more about why he's you know thinking of basically. So basically his plan was we need to we need to you know vaporize palace station that is kind of marco's that's marco's home mm-hmm. that'll show him that hey you you mess with the wrong people on earth and you know pastor said hey you know what you're right we do need to respond but we have to do the right response so i i like he has a very balanced sense of it seems like he's very good with you know keeping his emotions in check right you know, we, we know Christian is a firebrand. Like, even if you want to go back to, um, uh, what is his name? The the first three seasons, the bad guy, the politician. Oh, um, Salva, uh, not Silvatore. That's the the MCRN guy. Yeah, I I'm I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. But I know who you're talking about. But pa- it seems like Pastor has a, you know, that even keel nature where, you know, he can take in this information. And not, you know, kind of like jump to this is absolutely what we need to do. This is absolutely what we don't need to do. He's just saying, okay, I see where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Now I have to make the decision what is right and what is wrong. Right. And to go a bit more back into Delgado, I wonder how much of what he's doing is compensation for his failure to help Christian early a few Mm -hmm. episodes ago before all of this happened. Yeah. Because he did, he also got credit for for when when Pastor 
announced that she was helping, you know, he, he right. said, you know, it's because of um, Madame Avasarala and Admiral Delgado that they that so many lives were saved and he's proud to have them by his side. And, you know, and, and maybe he's just feeling a bit of um, unworthy of that praise. Right. Yeah. So especially because remember, and uh, what after the first bombings, he said, hey, I was, you know, I was a coward. And then when Avizarala didn't say anything, he's like, thanks for uh, <laughs> disagreeing with that. <laughs> yeah. Because like he he didn't do enough, like, and part of it was because he was, you know, he has a nice cushy job, and don't get me wrong, he did try, but I think even for him, he knows he did he could have done more, right? And this is his way. I, it seems like this is his way of trying to make amends for that. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 one hundred percent spot on there. Um, I thought that was great. I, I I feel like we haven't spent enough time on Luna this season. That's kind of the one. Right. The one thing that I've been missing, um, but mainly because I think Officerella is such a great character, and I hate not getting that like fix every week. Um, I think the other interesting kind of alliance <laughs> coming back together was when Amos and, and Peaches finally make it back to Baltimore. <laughs> and I love how yeah. Eric's like, only you <laughs> can leave a situation, a, a bad situation, and come back to a worse situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I loved when he called him Timmy and Clarissa looked at, at Amos like, um, there's a story there. <laughs> so right. that was really good. And when he accused him of white knighting for some hooker. In brothel. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was, it's like. If it's you like, only knew you, Eric. You know, well, yeah. It's like Eric knows Timmy real, real well because, you know, yeah. that, that's definitely something Amos would do. Um. But no, it was it was great, and I like I love Eric. I think Eric is a great character. Um, that guy that plays him is like the right kind of like weaselly and and terrifying all at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. When he's talking about the rocks hit and how he went up right after, and he watched the the water just wipe out Washington D.C. and most of Baltimore, um, and realizing like all these neighborhoods he used to run are gone. Um, and now he's just kind of holed up in his fortress. And Amos is like, how long do you think this is going to last? We got to we gotta get off of Earth. We got to yeah, get out of here. And it's funny how it was, it took Clarissa to, I mean, I think he would have finally relented, but it took Clarissa to make him see clearly that, hey, your life here, the life you made is over. It's dead. It's gone. Yeah. With she, I mean, she told a crazy story about the woman in prison who killed her kids mm-hmm. and acted as if they were still alive every morning she woke up, right? Even though she knew they were dead. Yeah, that was that was very strange, um, but that's kind of what crazy people do sometimes. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it was it was great. And then you know, um, as they were leaving, Amos is like, um, "I saw a case of tequila down there. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I need a drink because I lost my bottle." Uh, so. And the way he said it, he, he it was almost like he was like an abashed, like kind of embarrassed. Like, you think we could, you know, maybe yeah. get some some of these, bring them, bring them with us. Yeah. Now I understand <laughs> why the episode ended on the note that it ended on, but that would have been a great note to end on, right? If that was the uh, last scene of them making their way to Winnipesaukee Island or whatever it was called. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I'm I'm glad it had that like little like you know moment of levity in it because again, much this is, needed. <laughs> yeah, because we did not get much of that. Uh, there was another moment of levity between you know drummer and her crew, which mm-hmm. the tension, but the tension that they have right now, it was and think so about, forced. It was that yeah. levity was so like not not yeah. from not from a storytelling point of view, but, but from, from their uh, point of view. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think about how easy they were to- together when we first got introduced to them. You know, I mean, they're one big family and, you know, it, and to see because of the decision they made of aligning themselves with the Free Navy and Marco and the Free Navy, because, you know, Oksana tells her, like, you know, why are you shutting me out? He is like, we'll mm-hmm. get through this or, we'll, you know, we'll get through this. We made our decision. And then, you know, drummer says, I don't think I can. Right. And, you know, you know, they're snipping at each other here and there. And then you have that, you know, with the 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 water spilled in, you know, zero G, which, like you said, it was it was pretty forced in the sense of, you know, it was that nervous kind of laughter. And because, you know, you, you didn't forget they didn't forget about what's going on, right. but it was that t- 20 seconds that they needed or but then real, reality came back pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, I, I liked kind of how Camino was the one who, who let the, let the, the jokes go by. And then she was the one who brought everybody back down to earth. Yeah. And again, Kara G is, you know, one of my favorite characters on this show. And it's not just, we, we, we get more from her when, one of the things we hear, you know, we know about how Marco set up that distress signal to lure the Rossi to its basically to its death. Um, and, you know, they actually get they actually hear that. And drummer's like, OK, this is where we're going. And then Carol tells her, you know, Naomi's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's dead. She she jumped out an airlock. She's gone. And this, you know, this ship, the Chetsamoya, is being used for something you don't need to know about. Right. And drummer, uh, you know, Oksana st- stops drummer from first killing Carol, and you know, and then drummer goes off, and just the pain that she exhibits when you know when she's alone in her room, uh, of you know the thought that Naomi is dead, and then she takes that bottle from that she had saved from Ashford, and then she just downs it, and you know, she just she's just left to her own device. I think for the rest of the episode, you know, no one, you know, she's just there on her own. And Kara G, just such a fantastic job of, you know, emoting all the emotion, just giving us all the emotions that that character is going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's you know she's missing, missing her her other family, you know, um, and she's still blaming herself and the fact that. Uh, is it Carol? Is that the actor, the character's name? Um, yes. That that is stationed on on her her flagship is you know just reminding her of of every mistake she's made uh, mm-hmm. when it came to to helping govern the belt. Yeah, right. And it's funny because what's it? Bert told um, he's he's the guy that. You know, he him he was he started the snipping uh, when Michio asked. Yeah, I wonder how Surge is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and he does make a very good point. He's like one of those that, you know, he cuts through the bullshit and doesn't always say it in the best of ways that, you know, people can absorb. But he says, he tells um, uh, Michio, like, that's your problem. You're always looking for your past, looking, you know, looking at the past or looking behind you at, at things you can't change. Mm-hmm. And that that's exactly where Drummer is right now. She can't let go of, like you said, like she feels guilty because again, her vote was the deciding factor in why Markle's not, you know, floating around in, you know, in space right now. Right. And yeah. that's not, she will never be able to change that. But at the same time, it's so hard for her to let go of that because she's lost Ashford. She saw millions of people get killed on earth. And now she believes she's lost Naomi. And and she's thinking, the only thing she's thinking is that's on me because I, I was the deciding factor in this, and Marco did all of this, mm-hmm. and that's, and you you might know that you need to let something go, but letting it go is harder than just saying, "I'm going to stop thinking about that." Especially for a char- for a character like uh, Drummer, that mm-hmm. that intense type of character. I, I keep thinking about what will happen to her if they happen to come across Ashford's body. Yeah, uh, lo- I will say luckily, <laughs> space is such a big place that is that's not going to happen. But right. oh, I I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I I, I could see imagine. them doing that to her though, like the writers yeah. doing that to her to to, to <laughs> you know drive her further over the edge. Um, but we know from being book readers where she ends up from all of this. Um, right. And I don't want to see her. I think I feel like she's gone over the edge already, and I want to see her come back to that yeah. cool and calculated Kamina drummer that is the the you know one of the most badass women and just badass people in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ring gates or otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this was. I, I think this is has to be her rock bottom. You know, watching her just float around in zero G, holding that you know that bottle yeah, of in uh, the fetal liquor. position. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, you don't. I don't know how you get more rock bottom than that. Like in in the situation she's in. So. I, I'm hoping that this is kind of like that first step of her toward getting back to where you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, that badass Kamina drummer who, you know, walks out of the command center of Tycho Station station after being shot and then, you know, brains the two guys that, you know, tried to do that mutiny. That's mm-hmm. that's the badass that we want to get back. Um, and I think I really do think this is kind of the first step of her getting to that point. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. Um, all right, so we, we got a little bit with Holden and the Rossi crew, uh, or the I guess the new Rossi crew. Rossi, uh, what, what, what should we call them? The uh, Rossi Jr., Rossi, the B team. <laughs> the B team, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it was, it was they were looking for signs of the proto-molecule with the uh, exploded Weiwei or whatever the ship was called, or uh, Z- Zamea. Um, sorry. Um, and you know, there was nothing there and, and they were, well, how do we go after this? And he's like, well, no, we're, we're going after Naomi now. Um, and you know, um, bull wasn't having any of it. Yeah. And I, there, there is going to have be a conversation between those two. Cause, cause again, Monica says, 
no, when Bull says, what, what do you, what do you think he's going to do when he realizes that, you know, basically we're not going to be able to save her or we're not going to be able to find her or something along those lines. And then Monica says, I don't think he's ready to, to hear that. Or I don't think he's able to hear that. And he, and then Bull says, Hey, I'm not risking my life, you know, to save his girlfriend. Yeah. They're going to come to, there's going to be a confrontation between those two of some sort coming up. It just seems because Bull's that type of person. He's that, you know, he's that rough around the edges that grates a lot of people's nerves. Mm. And <laughs> the way he acts, it's he's one of those people that you just at times you're like, man, I just want to punch you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Jose Zuniga, uh, it does such a good job of, you know, of embracing that part of Bull's character. Yeah. So. That, that was. But that yeah, was we nice. didn't get a lot. Yeah, we did not get a lot with them, although we did get uh, word from the Razorback. Finally. Our boy. Uh, yes, our boy Alex and Bobby. Bobby. And they, yeah, and they get the SOS. <laughs> yeah. They get that, the fake SOS saying, hey. You know, nav controls tell James Holden I'm in distress, mm-hmm. and he re, he re, he they end up relaying it to the Rossi, and so that's kind of where we kind of leave off with Holden and the crew. So every time anyone says Bobby, I just think of Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Bobby, <laughs> what is wrong with you, boy? <laughs> Today's garbage smells completely different than yesterday's. It's the best Bobby Hill line ever. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I loved the Alex and Bobby thing because they did not hesitate, you know, to when they, when they checked the emergency band and and they got that and they were like, all right, let's go. We gotta, we gotta save our girl. Um, and you know, it was, it was a nice little moment. Hopefully we get more. We keep, we keep saying this every week. Hopefully we get more Alex and Bobby. Um, because if we're to believe what they've said about Kaz, um, this is it. Two more episodes that, with with Alex. Yeah, um, and that really makes me sad. And and that is that's the heartbreakingest thing ever. Um, a dude who's just been accused of things. There's not been any court of law or proof or anything about that. And you know, Amazon isn't sticking by him, and that's sad. Yeah. Very. But, um, but no, Naomi again. Jeez, what an episode. Like, Dominic Tipper is, is, you know, to say she's killing it this season would make it sound like she doesn't kill it in every single episode. Um, but she's killing it this season. Like, yeah. where, where's the, hey, for your consideration, Emmy nomination for, for female lead in a action series, whatever, just female lead in a drama series? Um, yeah. Let's do it. No more of this Downton Abbey bullshit. Let's get like some some awards going for the expanse. Amazon. Yeah, really, because this is this show I I, I believe and I'm just going by based on, you know, what I see when I see headlines about shows. This show is criminally underrated. Um yeah, the fans love it, but it's like sci fi sci fi shows generally do not get the break or do not get the credit they deserve. And it, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the comic book movies are the same way for the most, you know, some of them are, you know, when they're really good, 
they still don't get the credit they deserve. And then you'll get one that, you know, because of a good performance, uh, Dark Knight gets yeah. Oscar, which oh. it totally, I'm sorry, did not deserve an Oscar nomination. The only reason Heath Ledger won the Oscar for playing the Joker is because he died. Absolutely. And again, I loved his performance and I loved Heath Ledger as an actor, but that's, that is the only reason. Uh, but again, with Naomi, this, I was so uncomfortable in the sense of just based on her just physical discomfort that she displayed, you know, throughout trying to find a way to, you know, gum up the works of what Marco has planned and, you know, say, say, you know, no, she, she knows the Rossi is, is the, uh, like this is the bait for the Rossi and, you know, her pushing through her physical, you know, limitations to get done what needed to be done. I mean, Dominic Tipper was just fantastic in that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and the fact that she kept having to go back in and I totally forgot of the, um, the way that the, the free Navy left the Chet Smoko, what, what level of disarray they left it in. Um, because they didn't know Naomi was going to jump out the airlock and, and take it over. Um, but they left it that way. So anybody who got on board, there was nothing that they could do to stop what, what they planned to happen. Um, right. And yeah, it was, uh, it was just, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. like, I mean, it, it, it's, it's heartbreaking watching her just survive the way she does. Um, but yeah. And I know you said, you know, one of the, it would have been kind of funny that to see that Amos line being the last line right. that you hear. But hearing her, you know, the message, you know, because she, again, she goes through a lot to f- end up changing the message. Because uh, she knew she tried, she, she tried to almost what I guess you would say right over it, but that didn't work. So she had to go and figure out a way to change the message by. At first, I thought she was doing some type of, um, you know, SOS or Morse Morse code until I actually had the subtitles on. And I love that where it's like, this is Naomi Nagata. Mm -hmm. Tell James Holden. And it goes from this is Naomi Nagata of the Rossi. Tell James Holden, calm this, that, um, you know, nav, calm. And and then it gets to the final one is this is Naomi Nagata. Tell James Holden, I'm in control. Right. And that was... That was amazing. Yeah, I was. Uh, I told you I was reading some some people's uh, reviews of it, and, and and one of the reviews was they never figured out what she was doing, and they couldn't figure out why she kept reciting the the message and going back into the room and reciting and and what she was doing with the tick marks and it's you know it's again this is one of those things where like having Naomi's inner monologue here would have been amazing just wanted to hear dominic tipper's voice um just kind of going over and over and hearing the fear and the franticism and and everything that that went into what made that scene perfect yeah it was that was the added to it so much more yes that was the ultimate version of showing and not telling because the one thing i missed and i the first round is what, you know, when she's doing the tick mark, she looks at kind of like the technical specs of the ship and it shows kind of like the volume, uh, air volume and some other stuff. 
and I didn't realize that, you know, she was doing that. And, and I kind of got a spoiler from this because I think it was in the after show. They mentioned the tick marks was because every time she opened the door, like some air would seep out. And mm-hmm. so she only had a certain amount of air. So that's why she you know kept doing those tick marks to know, OK, I have this amount to get. And that's one of the things that you might not. I, I could see why you wouldn't have picked up on. Because it wasn't as because again, like the first the first run through, I totally missed her looking at those technical specs. I must, you know, I might have looked away or something like that. But mm-hmm. oh, to your point, like her, it's some you know, kind of having a kind of like a run on type monologue in her or voiceover of her what's going on in her head. I think that would have been able to. I think that would have added a little bit of a little bit of something that that scene, and it would it would definitely would have allayed some of the confusion that people had of what she was doing, what was going on. Yeah. No, you're right. But then again, yeah, then again, they've never really done that. So, you know, the most, the most they've done that with is Holden when he's talking to, you know, when he's talking to Miller. So I, I guess yeah. it's one of those things like we haven't done it since, you know, we haven't done it, you know, in these first five seasons. So we're not going to do it now. Yeah. Type thing. No, I get it. I just think it would have made like, it would have made a cool season even cooler. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, dude. So I think out of um, busted airlocks, I'm gonna <laughs> give this a five out of five. Uh, I'm gonna keep it at that uh, four. Uh, I do think and this is what I want to do. I do want to watch last week and this week's back to back. You know, when the season's over. Because I want to see how, because again, you made this point last week mm-hmm. as far as you thought this was a part one of a part two episode, and it, it absolutely was. And I think that's going to be the next two episodes as well because it's the same writing, yeah. directing staff. Um, no, this, I love this episode. I mean, it was, it was the most anxiety ridden I've been watching a TV <laughs> show in a long time. Um, and I loved every second of it. And, even though it's something where, you know, we know what's going to happen for the most part because of the books, um, the tension in, in the, the, the drama was still a hundred percent there. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, I was uncomfortable the whole episode. Like every time we cut back to Naomi, it's just my, just imagining what she's going through. Like I was just uncomfortable and tense that like the whole time mm-hmm. we were on her. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Um. So yeah, it's such a it's such a good week. You know, we 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 are blessed with the expanse on Tuesday nights. Um. We're we're getting cool ass Wandavision on Fridays. I finished Vikings finally. I am two episodes away. No, or is it one? Um. No, two, two. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this: Vikings for me, it. I, I always am slow going to pick it back up with the new seasons. But like once I hit that like third or fourth episode, then I'm like all in and it's like, yeah, let's go watch, watch, watch. Um, this season, it was like the sixth episode before I was like, really like, yeah, I that's watch funny. This. It's Cause remember when I told you how it started off? Like I, I wasn't a big fan of it. The first few episodes. Yeah. The last couple episodes have really picked things up for me, at least. So I'm really excited to see these last, the you know, the final two. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm excited to talk about the finale with you at some point because 
or well, is it the finale? Is the second maybe? No, it's the second to last episode. There's something cool that happens where like you think something even cooler is about to happen, um, but then something still kind of cool happens, and it's like nice. Um, but I don't know. I I like I I like um, is it Yubi? Is that his name? Um, Uba. Uba. I, I Uba. Uba, he's Uba. probably my favorite of Ragnar's remaining kids. Oh, he's he's absolutely my favorite of Ragnar's kids. And, other than, um, uh, remaining kids, yeah, remaining say. the the living ones. I mean, Bjorn Ironside is like, you know, yeah. Um, I, I will say just real quick on Vikings. You know, I know we haven't talked about that much on the show, but um, considering not a single character from the first season is left on the show, it is. I think that in and of itself is a testament for the fact that this show went on for whatever it was. Um, yeah. Since, what, was it season four? They started doing season A and B, so... Right, yeah. And I wasn't nine, sure how... seasons, <laughs> whatever it's yeah, been. I was not sure when, you know, when you lose your, like, two of your stars, uh, well, I guess you could call Rolo one of the, you know, he was one of the main I characters. I wasn't even for talking about Rolo. I was talking about Lagatha and Bjorn and, and, and Ragnar. Ragnar. But yeah, yeah, losing Rolo was huge. And and the fact that he only came back once, you know? Yeah. And like, because Taken, the TV show, was really dumb. Really, <laughs> really, really dumb. And like, I, I like the watched. Taken movies. The Taken movies are really dumb too, but like, they're really fun dumb. The NBC like network television version of I've got a skill set. Yeah, but you're not going to use it because it's network television. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, did like, I did I say that out loud? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, again, I think I said this was the last week or the week before. This is an example of Michael Hirsch, who's the creator, has written. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure he's written every single episode yeah. of Vikings. So you get that, which I mean, I don't know how he did that like just masterful storyteller yeah because this again this isn't mind yeah this is this is not a show that does eight or ten episodes a season you know the last three seasons have been 20 episodes i know they've been split off you know in the a and b but still that's a that's a ton of writing and you know you get that connection of you know story flow and stuff i mean he's just done a great job with this and I am looking forward to see what he's doing. They're going to do a spinoff. I don't remember what it's called, though. Uh, so I'll be watching that, too. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the spinoff, um, as long as it's free on Prime or Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, on that note, um, thank you guys for listening this week. Um, make sure to check out our Patreon. Make sure to check us out, like, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you like the show, the podcast wise if you're you're listening on itunes or you uh want to go over to pod chaser um and and leave a five-star review that would be spectacularly awesome and we would appreciate it greatly um but yeah any last words buddy yeah that's pretty much it uh looking forward to doing the you know doing our commentary on wandavision yep and, oh yeah, last week I said the commentary was going to come out on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I ended up putting it up on Saturday. So um, look for that immediately after we finish because that doesn't take any time at all to post. So, <laughs> Wanda Vision. On that note, we'll see you guys later. Peace.
Fest podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.